Hi, welcome to Nick Luck Daily. It's Wednesday the 14th of September. Tom Stanley in for Nick today and joined by broadcaster and journalist Jane Mangan to, in the main, reflect on Irish Champions Weekend. I know it, it has been and gone, but uh, the last couple of days there's been some fallout regards attendances. It was my, Jane, first experience of, of Irish Champions Weekend. I came away with nothing but, but positives. But that, of course, was before the, the attendances were released. And there's no doubt that as far as footfall through the gates go across the two days, it was disappointing. Uh, particularly, I suppose, Saturday, fantastic racing and beautiful weather. Sunday would not have been helped by the rain. No, uh, but it does follow the trend. So just to start with Irish Champions Weekend, the product delivered what it promised. The racing was top class. We had international competitors. We had the best jockeys on show. We had equine horse performers that you would expect for such a, a meeting. And I do think the product itself delivered. But I did turn around, looked out over the grandstand pre-Irish champion stakes, the same way I would turn around at Christmas before the Lexus chase or the Irish champion hurdle in February. And for those two jump meetings, you would not see the floor. You would just see people, a sea of people. And I looked out pre-Irish champion stakes and I saw concrete. And I knew we were in trouble then. And we didn't have the atmosphere that I was hoping that we would get. And I would, I'm being really harsh here because I thought it was everything a jumps meeting should be and I can't fathom why we haven't captured the audience to come to the races because anybody who knows Leopardstown knows we're on the foot of the capital city um Dublin has a population of around 550,000 I think and we got 10,000 people through the turnstiles um some people will say, oh, you know, Garth Brooks was on and people, you know, cost of living crisis, can't can't afford to do everything. Well, I wouldn't concentrate too much on that because, you know, over five nights works, they were expecting to have 400,000 people attend those Garth Brooks concerts and we couldn't get 10 or we just got over 10. Um, for whatever reason, we're not resonating with the wider audience. I was actually in... RTE headquarters on Friday night and a colleague of mine there had no plans for Saturday. So I invited her to come to the races. We look after you. You'll have a good day. You're from Dublin. If you don't like it, you can go after a couple of races. And I still couldn't get her to come. So the, the product itself is top drawer. Why we're not getting people to get? I don't have the answers, and I'm not criticizing anybody from the marketing department or anybody. We are active on social media. We are doing everything that we should be doing, but yet I think we're missing the target. You mentioned the Cura on Sunday. Yes, the weather was a bit of a damp squib, but again, four Group One races and everything you would have wanted um, from the staying champion basically being crowned to the European sprint champion basically being crowned and uh, two two-year-olds, you know, putting their head above the parapet. 
But again, 6,700 people, it's just not good enough because I go to Royal Ascot and I'm, I'm wowed. Go to the Ark in France. It's brilliant. Never been to the Breeders' Cup. It's on the agenda. Melbourne Cup in Australia. It is world renowned. And this is Ireland. This is a country renowned for its horse racing and for being brilliant at it. And yet we don't have one of those big carnivals. This is it. This is our weekend. This is what we work our entire season towards. And while the product is there, the people are not coming. And we need to work on that. Yeah, it's left me in a little bit of a sort of a quandary, really, because I, I, I certainly came away from Saturday thinking it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, and the weather was a huge part of that on, on the Saturday. But like you say, if that, as far as the product goes, the brilliant racing on Saturday, there was no weather excuse not to come. It really had everything you wanted as far as a, a, as far as a, a top quality days racing goes. It ticked all those boxes. So if you're not getting them in for that, then then you've got problems. But you, what, from what you're saying, a jumps meeting, you know, Dublin race, Dublin Racing Festival in 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 February, that doesn't struggle in any way, right? So is is it a disconnect with with the flat game in Ireland? See, a lot of people will point to that and say, oh, jumping is just more popular. But again, all the meetings that I've mentioned internationally that are the draw for everybody around the world is flat you know the royal ascot arc readers cup they're all flat so i i don't i don't want to blame the discipline of racing either i i just i feel that we're not um we're not capturing the imagination of the audience and we're certainly not people in the capital aren't even aware a lot of the time that it's happening um so we again we need to push harder we could sit on our hands and say that was a brilliant Irish Champions weekend because in, in a lot of ways it was. But yes, the curve of attendance is falling steeply. And are we going to accept that? Oh, that's just the way the curve is going. It'll come back around. Or are we going to actually turn, you know, make things happen for ourselves and say we're missing a trick here? We need to bang our best, the best minds in the game together. We're smart. We have great people in this game. We need to make it better. Okay, you mentioned on the Sunday in particular some, some top two-year-old performances. The the news broke yesterday. Oh, I say news broke. I think it's what we'd all feared, really, that Little Big Bear Jane wouldn't be seen again. And now that is confirmed this season, I hasten to add. Um, where, where does that leave us with the the top two-year-olds then? Because Tahira was quite quite frankly stunning, I thought, at the at the weekend on Sunday in, in the Moy Glare. Um Who's top of the two-year-old tree at the moment? And, and can anything now, we're not going to see Little Big Bear again this season. Do you think anything will surpass him by the end of the year? I would be very surprised if anything surpassed that uh, performance in, the, in Phoenix. But we'll just look at the, the time form top ratings for two-year-olds now. After the weekend, Little Big Bear is 126p at the top. Uh, clear of Noble Style, the Jim Crack winner who didn't come to the national stakes. He's on 119p, so seven pounds behind. Tahira slots in at third. She's 116 big P for a time form. And yes, I agree. I thought she was she was the one who announced herself as a potential future champion, a sister to Tanawa, and uh, very much making her own reputation. Now, Alrifa... It was, sorry, sorry, Jane, it was quite... It, well, it wasn't amusing, but but speaking to Dermot Weld, all the, all the different TV channels that did speak to him afterwards, I think everyone was sort of holding their breath, thinking, please, can we see her again this year? Please, can we see her again this year? 
and Dermot with his sort of little wry smile suggested that's quite enough for this year which which it looks as though we're the next time we see her is going to be in a guineas trial in the spring which is a shame yeah you and everybody else I I was watching and I, I knew exactly what Dermot was was about to say and I was thinking pre-Marcel Boussac pre-Marcel Boussac please please <laughs> yeah no no but um yeah it's it's a it's a well-trodden path and I think Dermot well knows better to train than you and I but it is uh from a fan's perspective you want to see those and we got excited on Sunday and we'll be excited for her uh for next season Alrifa Chaldine who was uh very good last weekend Marshman they're all on 114 people ahead of Bradzel and Trillium Trillium who got up to beat the Platinum Queen on the line uh on Sunday as well so they're they're your top two-year-olds can I see anything surpassing Little Big Bear in a short answer no and uh, I'm, we're going to have a chat with Charlie Fellows, who's um, juvenile, uh, ran disappointingly in the the, the National Stakes Marban. I'll, I'll grab him very shortly. But um, just while we're, we're on ratings, has anything come out of the, the three-year-olds um, with regards to Luxembourg's performance? Where does he rate uh, amongst the, the three-year-olds this year? Yeah, for relative comparisons, I said I stay with time form and uh, Luxembourg joins Desert Crown at the top of the three-year-old table. They're both rated 128p. They're ahead of the ill-fated Caribus, Ernesto and uh, Videni on 127. So Luxembourg, it was a mammoth training performance. I've seen Aidan O'Brien do great things, but I genuinely couldn't believe when I saw Luxembourg pre-race in the ring how fit he looked and how ready he was for that assignment, given how basically he didn't tick any of those boxes in the Royal Whip. So uh, an incredible performance from him. And I must say, Ryan Moore, is there anybody in the world writing better than Ryan Moore right now? We wax lyrical about a lot of jockeys. We talk about interference a lot. We talk about all these different variables when it comes to writing. But I think Ryan Moore, because he just gets the job done, nobody really takes any notice of how he is a master of his craft. Yes, and I think this year in particular, and given what we measure Ryan against, it's 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 it almost feels strange to say he's riding at the very top of his game because we've just come to expect that. But I, you know, naturally there are peaks and troughs in anyone's career. You don't stay at exactly the same level year in year out in whatever you do. And I, I feel that, as you say, without a doubt. He is right at the very top of what he's he's capable of at the moment, and that was a that was a brilliant ride. Um, the Aga Khan's team, James, have come out and, and said they're not ruling anything out for Videni going forward. Um, it, it has been mentioned that with regard to an arc bid joining Luxembourg there, and hopefully Baid as well. What a race that would be! Um, there's they're, they're not completely convinced, uh, stamina wise, that that would be a, a slight concern a mile and a half at Longchamp. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I wouldn't go a mile and a half with him because uh, I don't think he. I think he has the pace and the speed and the turn of speed um, as a as a speed horse. I don't see him a mile and a half horse myself, but he is out of a monsoon mare, and maybe that will shine through. But um, from the side on angle at Leopardstown, you could see he was the real last to make his challenge. Luxembourg and Onesto had been rolling from three out before the turn in, and they started to grind at the quarter pole, whereas. Christoph had really yet to ask for effort. And when he did, the horse immediately quickened, but he ended up going left inside. And I'm not going to say he was unlucky, but Christoph wanted to come down the outside, but the wily Colin Keane on Mishriff kept him tight 
and that wasn't an option for him. So it got a little bit tactical for Videni in the Irish champion stakes. Uh, I wouldn't get one bit disheartened by that at all, but it's uh, it's a top-level race with the best jockeys in the world. Obviously, things are going to get a bit tactical, and I'd say if any horse got a little bit of a short straw, it was probably him. Right, as promised, here's Charlie Fellows. Uh, Charlie, um, first things first, the, you reflect on the on the uh, national stakes, and you you must have come away very disappointed. Has anything come to light? Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing at all. Um, he's good as gold. He actually, literally, I can see him going for a hat cancer. I promise you, as we speak, uh, out on Warren Hill, he's just um, taken that ball very well. You know, we. <laughs> We thought he loved the ground. He's got a little bit of a knee action, and we thought that it wouldn't be a problem. But um, but Jamie is utterly convinced that he hated the ground. He travelled really well, came there looking like he was going to have a you know play a proper part, and just wheel span as soon as he asked him to, to turn into fourth and fifth gear, and he just said, "I couldn't get any traction." So I think I think we've got to just we just got to presume that that's what it was. Um, we know he's a better horse than that. It's a shame because. You know, it, it, when you step them up to that level, you, you really hope that they're going to go close. I think it, you know, it was a track that really suited him, but um, wasn't to be. Um, but there'll be other days for him. He's a lovely horse going forward, um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he will be able to prove himself at the top uh, at the top level at some point. Are you tempted to draw stumps for the season or, or go again? I think um, that there's only one real option now because the plan had to had been to run there and then and then maybe head to France for the Lagardère. You know, again, very much under the premise that uh, he wants soft ground. That's obviously gone slightly out the window. Uh, and with the Lagardère, normally always plenty of cut in the ground. I think probably ignore that. We might look at the Dewhurst. He is in the Dewhurst, and as everyone knows, if you're going to get quick ground later on in the season, it'll be a, it'll be a new market, uh, undulating track, but he handled Goodwood no problem. So I think we will have a look at the Dewhurst, uh, see what conditions are like, and if and if and if that comes up soft, then that will probably be him for the year. Um, the other option was the Breeders' Cup as well, but but again, that's in Keeneland this year and. Mm. Often you, you, you're getting stuff around there, so um, I think it's probably Dewhurst or nothing. Okay, and and, and the, both Dewhurst or nothing are, are two realistic options at this stage. You're not leaning one way or the other. Yeah, and, and if it is nothing, it's not a problem. I, I would love to finish on a better note than we have, but it, it, it's you know he's had plenty of racing, five starts as a two-year-old. He's a lovely big horse. He's only going to improve next year, so it, it's not a disaster if we don't run into Dewhurst. Um, but if conditions are perfect and he's in good form, then it, it'll be under serious consideration. Let's um, look ahead to air if we can. Um, two two horses in the air gold cup, Charlie. They're both likely runners. Two, 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 which is nice. Um, yep, they're both going to. The plan is to run both. Um, the dream back to form last time out uh, in a listed race at. Um, Newmarket. Interestingly, the handicapper for being beaten ahead in the listed race dropped her two pounds. The third and the fifth have gone and finished first and second at Donny in the listed race last week. So the form has been upheld. I was very surprised that she got dropped. I mean, annoyingly, the weights are out for the Air Gold Cup, so it hasn't made any difference to her weight <laughs> at, uh, on Saturday. 
Uh, but I just thought it was a, I thought it was a, a strange call. But she's in really good order. Um, the track will really suit her. I think a big field suits her. I wouldn't want the ground to dry out too much, but it's not going to. It should be beautiful. I'd say good ground by uh, Saturday, which is lovely. And I think the change from a visor to cheap piece has really helped her. I think the visor lit her far, up far too much in France. And that was my next question because I know how busy we are on racing TV. There's there's plenty of meetings. Is is this traditionally a, a tricky weekend, jockeys wise? Do you know what they all are at the moment? Because Fair they enough. can only ride one. Because they can only ride at one meeting now a day. When you get five or six meetings on a on a weekend on a Saturday, which happens seems to happen very regularly now, it's it's not easy. I agree with the rule, but it's not easy. Um, but luckily, I think I'm sorted for the weekend, which is great. So. Um, Dolly, yeah, Dolly Hoyle will ride um, the Dream. Uh, Rotha Ryan, I can't swap the letters around. But it's the same thing, doesn't it? Yeah, does, that Ryan's doesn't work. <laughs> Rotha Ryan's going to ride Chief of Chiefs. He is in cracking form. Oh, he normally has a mid-season break, um, and he hadn't had one this year. And he ran flat as a pancake last time out, which is very unlike him. Normally, you can set your clocked by him at Ascot um, he's had a little holiday since then this has been the plan he will love the ground we've always wanted to run him in this race but for various reasons it's just not happened uh, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing him loves a big field six furlongs perfect on decent ground so uh, he seems in great order too equal chances or is there one that's sort of sticking out in your mind with a better chance no do you know what I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't spit him, uh, if I'm honest. I'd, I'd say both have very, very good chances. Um, I think both will be really suited by conditions. I, yeah, I, I genuinely, and that's not just trying to speak, I would, I would struggle to spit the two of them, which is nice going to a big race like that. And um, this weekend, uh, Henry Cecil Open weekend in, in Newmarket ties in with the ongoing National Racehorse Week. Um, it's all going ahead right the weekend. Obviously, there's there's been plenty going on, but 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 Sunday should be a, a big day in Newmarket and all systems go. Yeah, we, we had a we had <coughs> we had a committee meeting yesterday, yesterday Monday, uh, and we just wanted to take the weekend to gauge public opinion of whether the weekend you know would be appropriate for the weekend to go ahead and at a committee meeting on Monday everyone was unanimous that it was the right thing to do um, we want to very much make it a celebration of the Queen's um, you know the part the Queen play, has played in racing for the last gosh, however many years um, we will there will also be a two minute silence and a, and a rendition of uh, God save the King before the events on the Severals in the afternoon. Uh, and we've got a few other things that we're going to try and do as well uh, that will hopefully um, celebrate uh, the Queen in, the, in, the, in, a, in a respectful way. Um, so we're looking forward to doing it. Uh, horses cantering on Warren Hill from 8 o'clock in the morning, Bayeed being the principal uh, name uh, amongst them. But there'll be horses from John Gosden's yard, um, Sir Michael Stout I think there's a few others as well um, and then the yards open from 9 o'clock got some great yards opening Fanshawe Dunlop uh, myself of course Hello. Roger Varian you want to go and see a ledger winner go and, he's being paraded at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning in Roger's yard uh, so plenty of stuff going on it should be a really really good weekend and don't forget raising money for charity too quite right sounds fab charlie thanks for your time 
Thanks, Tom. Yes, good luck to everyone involved with um, the Henry, Cec Henry Cecil Open weekend this weekend. As I said, it is all part of National Racehorse Week, which runs until the, the 18th of September. And I'm pleased to say that John Blake joins me now, who is the chief executive of, of Racing to School and Racing Together as well, John. And uh, one thing we've we've seen in the trade paper and, and elsewhere on, on social media this week is has been all the community events that have been running and that I know Great British Racing were, were keen to sort of um, promote throughout um, this National Racehorse Week and, and build upon compared to, to last year. Um, it looks as though they've all been brilliantly received. Yes, so, so far so good, Tom. Good morning. I mean, it, it's, it's a privilege for us um, wearing our sort of racing together hat that covers all the sports community engagement and specifically for some of our racing to school days to be part of um, the second um, National Racehorse Week, and you know, it, it, as you say, it, it's, it's been going very well. I mean, one event in particular that took place um, on Monday um, was the opportunity for some people to go to the Paul Nichols Yard, and they came to us through the Blue um, Light Ticket Scheme. Listeners may be aware of that scheme. It's wonderful. It allows free access to NHS and emergency services. Uh, staff to, to all sorts of events, not just not just racing or wider sports and all sorts of cultural events as well. And um, the sport has teamed up um, with that scheme, and a consequence of which was um, to get to uh, you know one of our, if not the top <laughs> national head yard uh, in the country on Monday, and that, that was um, that way down the storm, as they say, and uh, that was one of over about thirty. Um, community engagement um, events. I mean, another one we have on Friday, for example, is uh, is an ongoing program we're doing with the Greatwood Charity and the Training of Resources, the IOR um, charity, which is really part of a, a wider drive across the sport, really to, to take X resources out into community settings. So in this case, it's to uh, a care home in Marlborough, who we know um, the residents of which we know very much look forward to their. Uh, to meeting Uzbek, who's a pretty decent um, uh, chaser in his, or chaser in, in his day, and he's brilliant with, with people, so that, that's another opportunity to sort of get horses out to people, because not everyone can come into the, the sport through National Racehorse Week, so um, they're just two events um, sort of bookending um, this week, and of course our Racing to School Days as well, we've, we've diverted children from um, running around uh, the race courses to um, hopefully beautifully behaved in, in various um, training yards um, this week. We are um, very pleased to be hosted by the Cooplers yesterday. Um, Lambourne Primary School were, were there and the Cooplers very kindly um, hosted us last year as well. And on Friday, we're off to Manor House, which of course is Hugo Palmer's um, yard for, for a day there. We'll probably do about eight race to school days in and around um, um, this week, but um, you know, it's, it's great that we can still do the educational work that, that Race to School um, is charged to do, but in a wonderful setting, the trainers' yard, and to contribute to the the really aims of National Racehorse Week is to show, obviously, how horses are beautifully looked after and cared for and loved. Um, you know, whatever their abilities, um, whatever their performance on the track, that they're all treated the same and, and cared for in such a way. And that, for young people in particular, I think, is, is such a an eye opener and, and, and hopefully very inspirational for them. And I feel, I feel, John, it, it's it's almost got a little bit further than that, um, whether by design or, or not. But um, yeah, yes, it, it highlights how well. Um, cared for that, that we within the sport know that these these racehorses are but I think we've also seen throughout this week as we did last year as well just how um, moving it can be for some people whatever stage of life they're in whatever 
battles they are fighting um, to connect with a horse, particularly those who haven't done so before. T tell me what it's like, perhaps, with your racing to school hat on when you when you see a youngster who hasn't really been around a horse when they when they are up front with half a ton of animal for the for the first time. So I think we within the industry take it for granted a little. Yeah, that's right, Tom. I mean, it, it, the wow factor, it never gets old. It absolutely never gets old to, to see that through the eyes of you know, nine-year-olds up to early teenagers, really, in terms of racing to school days. I mean, you know, it's well recorded that there's so few young people have any interaction with, you know, dare I say it, a, a regular horse, let alone... Um, thoroughbreds i mean we'll see a lot of horses on the television over the next few days and ceremonial horses police horses etc and that's probably the closest that you know a lot of people of all ages will, 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 will get to horses but you're absolutely right i mean in terms of you know at a race into school day if you like at a race course we would often um go to the stabling to see the horses come through off the lorries and then going through the the microchipping checks etc and that that really is a wow moment and then we follow them obviously as they pre-parade and then the screaming and shouting that accompanies them when they're when they're racing um out on the, on the track often very funnily where they the children think they only go one lap sometimes on, on national and races and they're screaming them home realizing they have to go around again so there's a great inter interaction there that's always a good comedy moment but there's always great in, in interaction there um and even in places like the market where we work with, with our partners on, on the new market beacon there the children may see horses as they go to sort of school or whatever, but they wouldn't necessarily have any any greater connection than, than you know if you lived in the middle of an inner city somewhere. So I think I think it's um, it, you know you never lose that 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 ability to to wow a child into being able to, to learn about the horse and realise of you know how friendly horses are as long as you don't scare the younger ones and, and that, that's a very magical. Um, part of it and obviously to bring that international racehorse week for us to go into yards and be invited very kindly by trainers into yards is is you know, ten times that. John, lovely stuff. I hope the, the rest of the week goes well. Thanks. Thanks so much, Tom. Great to speak to you. Uh, Jane, some news out of the jumping world yesterday. Interview with Sky Sports Racing. Ollie Murphy revealed that he and Aidan Coleman would be a f parting ways when it comes to Aidan riding all of his horses. They will still partner up a a good bit together and Sean Bowen will take up more opportunities at the yard. Sean and, and, and Ollie Murphy had a good bit of success together last year. Ollie suggested that is something with regards to him and Aidan that is, that is going to fit them both pretty well. Yes. Uh, basically Ollie said for him and his business, he felt that Aidan uh, as a stable jockey going forward, wasn't the right thing to do. It seems a very amicable. Um, it, it's not a parting because Aidan is riding out there during uh, this week but it's an arrangement going forward and I think a lot of uh, national hunt trainers if they haven't already made such arrangements they will be putting things in place because you know we are heading into Lestole week next week and you know what that means that means winter horses are very much in tune and will be making their reappearances soon so Ollie Murphy is a stable that continues to grow and uh, and grow in quality as well as quantity and he wants to have everything right Sean Bowen is enjoying a really really productive summer and uh, it'll be interesting that his announcement could be the first of a number we see now that um, everybody's putting their chess players in place before making any moves and staying with the the jumping game uh, Danny Mullins is um, one of a, a few European riders out in the states at the moment in in New York riding for um, pretty big money out there uh, I spoke to him late last night 
uh, my time um, with regard to what he was um, hoping to achieve out there. And of course, at the end, we touched on Flooring Porter. Yeah, so I've been coming to America right a bit uh, over the last couple of years. And um, this year, I've written a couple of times for Kerry Bryant. She's doing very well uh, on the jump racing scene over here. And there's a horse I rode a couple of weeks ago in Saratoga, going country. He He's going to run again. I was second on him in a grade one in Saratoga. And I ride another horse called Ass Paddington. There's two jump races in Aqueduct Saturday or Thursday evening. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll run well. Uh, with regards to the track, Danny, just, I mean, how, how would it compare to, to what we're used to seeing over here, conditions-wise, how it rides, etc.? I suppose it's different enough, you know. You, they're pretty much level tracks. The, you know, the, the hunt meets uh, would be pretty much like point to points. But when you're on the, the actual racetrack in the likes of Belmont, Saratoga, Aqueduct, they're pretty level tracks, uh, fast ground, left-handed. And, yeah, it's um, maybe I'm, I'm trying to think of an English track that would compare maybe something like Newbury, you know, but, but not uh, as long as straight or that, but a, a big level track. Yeah. Um, but the ground is the main difference. It's just so fast over here. Well, Danny, good luck out there uh, on on horseback. As far as your your time back back home goes, I've been seeing a lot of you on social media on four wheels. Um, tell me tell me about the driving you've been doing. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I I got into last year. Uh, Andy Hayes brought me for a day's testing with a, a couple of rally cars, and it opened my eyes. It, I I was the first day I got into a WRC car with Josh Moffat. It, it frightened the daylights out of me, and <laughs> after that, I thought I really want to get a go at this. And so I went last year and I got my license. Uh, to drive in rallies and it turned out then that the Wexford rally this year happened to be on Champions Weekend and there was no jump racing so I went about hiring a car and I, I wanted to drive in it so it was a great experience it's all around It turns out you're pretty good right? You know what you're doing Um. Well I wouldn't have been you know a, a young fella that was into cars or anything it was all you know ponies and that as I was growing up and then the first time I drove a rally car was last week about seven days before the, the actual race itself I think I got about two kilometres up the road and I broke the drive shaft in the car and had to be towed back to the carriage <laughs> and the, the, the lads were looking at me thinking what is going to happen to this fellow when he goes out in a race but the, thankfully, the mechanics got it fixed. I got a, a proper day's testing about two days before the race. And then uh, down to Wexford, I had a very experienced uh, navigator with me, Michal Marr. He's actually a, a neighbour of Mouse Morris, the trainer. So Mouse was laughing beforehand, saying that Michal was very nervous. But thankfully, it worked out well over the weekend. So, 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 where did, where does it go from here? Is this just is this just something you're doing over the summer? Is it something else that you're you might pursue going forward for a bit of fun, for a bit of you know, for a bit of adrenaline, or what? I, I think I'd love to do it again. I suppose the the thing is that getting time to do it. You know, we race most weekends, and all the rallying is pretty much done at the weekend. But I think. 
you know, I spoke to a few of the other jockeys in Ireland and that, and they were full of questions asking, uh, you know, how I went about getting my license and organising to do the race and stuff. So, you know, I think uh, possibly next year there might be more than me that might want to give it a go. And, you know, if I could organise that, uh, the two days racing in Wexford for the rally could be on Champions Weekend next year, that'd be... <laughs> A great summer summer target as well because it's an unbelievable buzz to, to drive cars at that kind of speed. Listen, I need to, uh, you know, naturally, I wouldn't be forgiven if I didn't ask you about the one of the, the stars of last year over jumps, and we're all getting in, in, into jumps mode again. Flooring Porter, what, what what's going on with, with Flooring Porter? I, I see on your Instagram you've you've been to see him recently. Yeah, so I was up uh, in Gavin's the other day. We the tour guys uh, followed me to do a documentary on the rally so hopefully that'll be some exciting viewing and we went to see Flora Porter he looks in great shape Gavin said he it's probably the strongest he's ever came in from a summer break and I'd imagine the plan would be to follow a similar path to last year that race at Navin Christmas Cheltenham and see how that goes so you know it's going to be an exciting year I, I think uh you know, try to win three stairs hurdles uh, together will be difficult, but uh, it looks like well within his grasp and hopefully all goes to plan and he can get there and give it a go. Uh, great stuff. Listen, um, enjoy New York first and foremost and um, we'll, we'll catch up when you're back. Thanks ever so much. Thanks, Billy, Tom. Uh, Danny's in, uh, seemingly in, in good form, enjoying his, his time out in the, in the States, Jane. And... Um, he suggests flooring porter is all well and they they're looking forward to kicking on again this season it was it's i haven't been in jumping mode but that conversation just sort of piqued my interest again when you talk about one of the stars of last season yeah it whets the appetite doesn't it and uh, danny he's as uh, everybody knows he's a hard grafter but he's as mad as a brush as well so to, to see him driving cars around rally tracks is no surprise to me at all uh, and that's a, a hobby he's always been keen in so good to see him actually making that a reality um, but to come back uh, with horses like Florian Porter waiting for you um, and you know I'm sure his uncle Willie will give him plenty of good chances as well as as his parents Tony and Mike's Danny has a lot to look forward to and he's got the ability to boot. So, yeah, I, I know we're over Irish Champions weekend and we're already talking jumping, but the transition again now will start. I know every March after Cheltenham, we have to make the slow transition into classic trials and this is very much it in the reverse. There's a big Thoroughbid sale this Friday. It's a record-size catalogue for Thoroughbid and the CEO, James Richardson, joins me now. Uh, James, uh, welcome along. What can we expect this Friday? Well, firstly, thanks for having me, Tom. Um, pleasure to be on the show. Uh, yeah, look, we've got, um, we've got a good mix, actually, which I think sort of reflects um, what we're trying to sort of do, which is, you know, provide a, a sort of an outlet for, for people to sell when they want to. Um, we've got 25 horses in training, 11 brood mares, eight of which are sold with foals at foot, and then seven young stock. So, so good, a really good mix. And it's a it's a sign, obviously, that that the company, and in particular, this way of of buying and selling horses, is clearly growing in popularity with the record size catalogue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we we um we we're hearing a lot in 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 the the, the racing news sort of in, in in recent months about the fact that you know racing's got to adapt and everything else, and I think 
if we look at our, our counterparts down the southern hemisphere in Australia, you know, it's booming. Um, you know, I think they, uh, admittedly, you know, COVID probably has expedited the, the sort of progress, but um, you know, it, it's huge down there, and I think um, you know, it, it, it's definitely got a place, and it's, it's where um, you know the, the future lies. I think certainly for you know the horses in training and, and brood mares. Um, you know, the, the industry is a global market, and I think you know this enables you to, to to sell to the world without needing the world to come to you. And am I right in saying it's about a year to the day since the first ever sale? <laughs> it is, yeah. I think it, it's, it's, yeah, time, it's amazing how quickly time flies when uh, you, you get your nose to the grindstone. But um, yeah, no, look, we're delighted. Um, you know, we've managed to get sort of 10 sales under our belt and this is our 11th. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's, it's a very exciting challenge. And, and obviously, um, you know, it's great that we're being supported by big names in, in the game. You know, we've got horses from Race Beckett, Race Now Sold, I think it's three sales with us, uh, Charlie Hills, Willie Mullins. Um, we've got a consignment of six P-Rolls from France, which, you know, just shows you, you know, what we can achieve. You know, we're selling horses from three different countries in, in, in one catalogue. Um, and, and it's, yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, bidding starts from 9am on, on Friday and James, if anyone wants to, to see the catalogue, they can head to your website and do so, I take it. Yeah, basically it's www.sarabid.co.uk and, and you'll, you'll hopefully see see what we've got. Um, and like I say, you know, I think there's something for everyone in there. Um, you know, we might even get yet yeah, so we've, we've had some updates this week because we've had uh, the two of the French horses won one, one on Sunday um, uh, at Strasbourg, Razor Rocket, and then um, we had, um, oh, sorry, Razor Rocket won on Tuesday at Leon Parry over five furlongs, and then Sedapop won on Sunday. And um, Menai Bridge, who I think is probably the standout of the sort of horse in training, he runs again um, in the racing league tomorrow night, and uh, he won last time out um, at Newcastle. Um, it's rated 89, and, and he's got no better man than Frankie on his back yet again. So I think, you know, probably uh, it's a bit, it was a lure for Frankie to go up to Newcastle on a, on a Thursday night. So, um, yeah, we're hope, hopeful that he'll run well. Um, and like I say, the, the other one I think um, that, that definitely you know, I, I think could be a, a, a nice type is um, Keep Bidding, which is a Ribchester two-year-old of, of Rose Beckett's um, and uh, very aptly named. Um, she's been placed in all four of her, her starts um, too, so um, she, she looks like she, she should get ahead in front very soon. Cheers, James. Hope it all goes well. Tom, you're a star. Thank you. Okay, Hong Kong is very much back on the agenda, and it's back on the NLD2. Here's the croc. Greetings one and all. Yes, Hong Kong is back. Welcome to our regular Wednesday slot on Nick Luck Daily. The new season began on a positive note on Sunday. A total of 1.4 billion Hong Kong dollars was bet, the second highest first day turnover figure ever recorded. I know, it's telephone numbers and modern telephone numbers at that. But if my calculations are correct, that's £140 million. There are still tough COVID restrictions in Hong Kong. Hotel quarantine is down to three days for foreign visitors, but there's still a cap on crowds at the races. The maximum 8,500 were in attendance, but they were enthusiastic and provided some atmosphere for those watching. The star of the show was Lucky Swainess on Sunday, a New Zealand-bred four-year-old who made it six from eight 
when taking the feature the Chief Executive's Cup, and that signalled the return of Sylvester D'Souza, who has set out his stall attractively for the season ahead. Sylvester also copped a three-day suspension for careless riding. He tightened them up at the first turn. It was deserved, by the way, but that's unlikely to impede him too much. He's returned on a successful note, and that's what counts most with owners and punters. The first of the Wednesday meetings takes place at Happy Valley today. Eight races under lights, and I'm tipping a new star will consolidate his growing reputation with a double. And I refer to Lyle Hewitson, a triple South African champion jockey who has a couple of cracking rides, namely Valiant Elegance, race three, number two, and Big Two, who is race six, number two. Big Two, who carries the well-known Keswick family colours, looks the one to beat in the Community Chess Cup. He broke his duck finally over course and distance towards the end of last season. He's still on a good mark and he'll be hard to beat again with the talented Hewitson aboard. Hewitson's other other big ride, Valiant Elegance in race three. Well, that shows plenty of pace and from uh, gate number one should be up there all the way in this 1,000 metre five furlong dash. Another one to note on the card is race five. That's number four, Hardly Swears. Uh, being saddled up by the new trainer, Pierre Ng. Now, Pierre is the son of Peter McCune, who was a pretty successful trainer going back a decade or so ago, so he knows the ropes well. And Zach Purton, who started with a winning treble on Sunday, he's in the saddle. It's the most significant jockey booking of the meeting. That's uh, race five, number four, hardly swears. So that's Hong Kong this week on The Beat, and we'll be back again next week. Jane, where would you like to go for your tip today? I am going to the coast and I'm going to Yarmouth in the 310. The John Musker Philly Stakes has attracted a big field, 14 runners, including an Irish Raider from Jessica Harrington's yard in Sierra Nevada. But I think, as we mentioned, Ryan Moore, back with his old adversary, uh, Sir Michael Stout, Ville de Grasse has been hitting the crossbar this season. I think she might just hit the back of the net at 320. Jane, thank you very much indeed. Thanks to everyone at home for listening today. As um, Nick's mentioned, we're, we're all back up on, on Apple Podcasts now, which is good news. So if you've missed any over the last week or so, and I know plenty of, of people over in Ireland mentioning to me while I was over there um, that they had indeed missed it on Apple Podcasts, then it should all be in your library now so you can go back and listen away. That was Wednesday the 14th of September. Bye-bye.